Trek fans, I know it's all about football right now, but uh, we're going to take a little sidestep and do some basketball talk as I got to see the red-white game in person. So we're going to talk about it today on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday as we know that it is the middle of football season. And tomorrow on the podcast, we're actually going to have a little bit of a preview of Arkansas and Ole Miss coming up here in just a day, essentially. But, you know, I was thinking about this week and podcast and, of course, anytime that it's going on with football season and you know you we, we come up with different things to look ahead and maybe talk about what why to beat a team or whatever and we'll still going to do that at least on friday but today since it's all about basketball and coming up here to fable i'm actually doing the podcast live from barnhill arena so if you hear some background noise if you hear some stuff that's that's why that's what's going on right now so um but here's the thing man i know razorback basketball is still very heavy on people's minds in fact some of you have probably already moved on to basketball probably already done with the football season and say hey when's basketball season well with the red white game we at least get a little bit of an idea of what the basketball season could possibly be about as uh, it took place it wasn't on tv it wasn't streaming anywhere it wasn't on radio there was nothing like that it was just straight up hey this is it and this is all you got but uh, a few takeaways that we're going to dive into and uh, i'll probably end the podcast too just on some a football note within itself just kind of doing a little previewing of all Ole miss so that way we don't go full basketball, but we definitely talk a lot about basketball because I know all of y'all are very interested in that. First off, just my impressions. Uh, some of the things that really stood out to me in the early part of it uh, is just kind of looking at how the team is going to gel, how they're going to look, which is very difficult to do, especially in a red-white game that's so early in October, and there's so much time before they actually start playing games and playing games that actually matter. But one thing that we've heard from at least Coach Muss and some of the people that have been involved with the basketball program is that they feel that this team, because of the amount of the leadership, because of the amount of age and experience that they have on the team, that there really hasn't been too much of a learning curve for a lot of these players. It's mainly just coming in, getting together and figuring it out. There haven't been really a whole lot of stoppages in play. There haven't been a whole lot of practices. There haven't been a whole lot of a, you know, working things out, maybe compared to last year when they had six freshmen, you know, whatever it is, that's been something that's kind of been uh, a problem for Arkansas, or at least a growing pain for Arkansas. But at this point in time, you see a team that has a lot of experience and guys that have been playing in college basketball, and especially at a high level college basketball across the board. Even if you're talking about certain players, even if you're talking about guys that have returned, like Devo Davis like Trevin Brazil, like Makai Mitchell, which we didn't get to see Brazil tonight, and we'll get into that. But overall, just seeing how the passing, to me, was about as crisp as you could ask for a team that's pretty much brand new. Uh, it, it was definitely imperfect, and the defense wasn't necessarily there. It was pretty optional as the uh, red team ended up winning over the white team 88-70. to 70. But the thing is, is like you want to see guys get along. You want to see guys have some not only good passing, but... Uh, you know, how, how they attribute in defense, how they communicate. And overall, I felt like that was actually one of the things that I was impressed by about Arkansas. You know, you hear about it, but to actually see it in action, well, it was another thing. But that was the first thing I went into and in seeing how it was going to go. But what was also is just seeing some of the new players that 
I haven't had a chance to see. It's kind of sad and, and at least a little bit alarming, if you will, that Khalif Battle, one of the Razorback transfers, one of the big time Razorback transfers that uh, is going to be one of the more exciting players on the team this year. Uh, apparently, and this is according to Eric Musselman, when we had a chance to talk to him after practice, apparently he had some sort of soreness on his foot. And it was so bad that they ended up taking him over to the football practice facility, which is right next door, and checking it out. And there was no break, or at least the, the, there was no determination of whether or not there was a break. But uh, they held him out. He was in crutches. He was in a boot. He didn't get to play. And that was all just coming up right into practice. And that's something that is a little bit alarming. Now, at the time of the recording of this podcast, we at least don't know exactly what's wrong with him or how serious it is or anything. But it's certainly something that to monitor. And they're going to do some testing on today for the podcast uh, or today for uh, if you listen to the podcast on Thursday to be able to see if it's anything more significant or more serious. But hopefully it's nothing serious because we know how good of a player he is. And we also know, let's be honest, about how injuries have been such a big part of Razorback Athletics for the past year, year and a half. So let's hope it's nothing serious and let's hope he's back. But as far as the other players go, though, uh, we'll start. We'll start with, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll go through more of the offense. We'll go through some of the defense and we'll go through particular players and then uh, we'll just kind of figure it out from there. So what I was looking at, though, in, in this game is just guard play because Devo Davis is great. Devo Davis is the guy, you know, he, he was awesome. But uh, Keon Minifield was even a player that's even though he's ineligible this year, he's still able to play in this practice. So we got to see him. Um, but the player that really stood out to me was L. Ellis. L. Ellis, the transfer out of Louisville, uh, was one of the big time scorers in college basketball last season. And as far as uh, returning scoring, definitely the, the highest one out there. But since he was playing on a Louisville team that was really bad, it was a matter of, is he going to be a player that can actually do more than just shoot, do more than just score, do more than just get layups? You know, like, can he distribute? Can he guard? Can he do all the things that we know that Eric Musselman teams are extremely, extremely tedious when it comes to how they handle that? Well, again, it's a practice. It's a red-white game, so let's not get too crazy with it. But from what I saw, I really liked it all. You had L. Ellis... Had 16 points in this game. He went 8 of 10 from the field. He had 6 assists and only 1 turnover. Uh, that, and that's, that's awesome. He played 28 minutes. Uh, could not ask for anything more out of him. And we know that with Minifield no longer being uh, eligible, they're going to have to rely on some guys to distribute to the point guard position. Uh, he definitely uh, led the way with his assists and his abilities. And, uh, and just everything, everything that you could ask out of him was really great. Uh, but also Layden Blocker, you know, the true freshman. He had 10 points in this game. He played 28 minutes. He had four assists and only one turnover. So that was good to see. Just to see uh, a true freshman who gets in there and they, they hit his free throws. He did only have 10 points, but still five assists. Uh, had four personal fouls, which is something you don't want to see. But again, you can kind of expect that as a freshman. Uh, but he could be somebody that could grow as the season continues and possibly be able to help out in that point guard position and making them a lot better too. So those were the two guys as far as the point guard position I was interested in. Tremont Mark also played 28 minutes in this game. Really didn't have a whole lot of stats. Uh, did have seven points on three of nine shooting, but uh, finished with also four assists and two turnovers. So uh, he had some pretty good distributions of the ball uh, as well. Uh, and then throwing in, you know, the, the guy that I really enjoyed watching, Jeremiah Davenport. This dude, he, he had a green light from three-point land. He went five of eight from three, had 19 points. But what was funny is all 19 points of his came in the first half. 
Uh, didn't score again in the second half, but went six of 10 from the field, five of eight from three, his free throws had three rebounds, two assists. Uh, the one thing that is going to make Muss and everybody pretty upset though, is he did have six turnovers that ain't going to get it. And, and you know, you're not going to be able to, if you can't protect the ball, that's going to be a problem. So, uh, but everything else though, as far as offense goes, especially he was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. And he has a swagger to him too. He, he was talking a little bit, talking a little trash, uh, having some fun with it too. So I appreciate that in a player where they can have a lot of fun and, and everything. But uh, those were the ones that stood out to me the most in the beginning. And I know uh, we have some other players to talk about, and we will talk about them here in just a second. But folks, I got to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors from Passion, Drive, and Patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what your ride or die ends up having when you're keeping it alive, because you got to keep your ride or die alive, right? eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to a peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits to LED highlight headlights and more, whether into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will find exactly, always, what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. So with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, a few other things that really stood out in the uh, red-white game for Arkansas, because we talked about a few of the players already, but uh, to look at some of the other guys, too, that uh, I was really impressed by, or at least some, some of the highlights and some of the plays that they, that they ended up having. You know, Joseph Pinion led all scores tonight with 20 points. He went 7 of 8 from the field. He went 3 of 4 from three-point land. He went 3 of 4 from the free-throw line. In fact, the maddest I saw him get in this game was when he missed his free-throw. Uh, so... Uh, scoring wise, he was phenomenal. And all three of his threes that he hit, they were they were great passes out to him, kickouts, wide open, knocked him down, and you love to see it. So uh, just very efficient there for Joseph Pinion, uh, who played 27 minutes, had no turnovers, did even get four, had also four rebounds. So really nice performance of him, uh, especially offensively. And you know, one guy that really has not got talked about enough is Chandler Lawson. He was kind of a late addition, but we know that he is a guy that was hopeful to come in and have some sort of role on this team. And he had a double-double in this game. He had 13 points, 10 rebounds, and was able to hit 5 of 11 shots uh, in this game for the red team. So he also is somebody that they're going to have to count on to be able to at least alleviate some of the uh, times where there may be guys in foul trouble. Maybe there'll be guys that need a breather. Uh, They'll be able to to count on him too. Jalen Graham, once again, offensively, 7 of 11. Again, this was a very offensive-driven game. Uh, (laughs) Because both teams, if, if you look at it this way, uh, the red team hit 68.5% of their shots and the white team hits 55.3% of their shots. So again, a lot of offense, not much defense. In fact, Eric Musselman even made the joke in the press conference after the game that he said, hey, I know whoever the, our defensive coordinator is, he's going to have his work cut out for him after tonight. But again, Jalen Graham had a nice game with uh, not only 15 points, but also running six rebounds, four assists and only one turnover. So he, he's a guy that, that Muss has been really talking about a lot in practices and how they've been looking so far in uh, how he's how he's been practicing and how he's been able to uh, be a lot better and to you know to really try to work on some of the things that 
he needed to work on coming back from this past season. He even mentioned in the press conference how he felt like he was such a better practice player, which we know is very important. Uh, and then, you know, we, we went through that. We had, uh, I guess, Andres, we'll make sure I talked about everything. Bayfall, how are we though? Bayfall. We got Bayfall, who, of course, is the true freshman, five-star player, uh, McDonald's All-American uh, on this team and had a lot of expectations uh, on him. He only played 18 minutes in this game, but did finish with 13 points, went five of seven from the field, had three rebounds, one assist, and only two fouls, did have a turnover, but he has such touch on his jump shot. Uh, I don't know how much of the how much of the part of the game that's going to be as far as him like shooting threes or shooting right under the three. I know Mus also talked about in his press conference about how they're doing a lot of the Bucks style offense where the bigs will be at the elbows pretty often. And he says that him and Makai Mitchell both can be two guys that really, really flourish at that. But you can always obviously see why Bayfall was such a highly regarded player coming out of high school and why he can be a great player for him too. Makai Mitchell, 13 points, six of seven from the field, had five rebounds. Uh, did exactly what you wanted him to do with an experienced player since uh, him and Devo were really the only ones that played in this game that uh, had significant minutes or played significant roles on the team uh, last year too, which kind of brings me to the final player that I want to talk about, at least a part of this segment. And that's Devo Davis. Devo Davis, we know was entering into the NBA draft, put his name in there. Didn't really know how it was going to go. Didn't really know what to make of it, but he decided to come back. And he finished in this game thir- with 13 points, five of seven from the field, two of three from three-point land, hit, made his free throw, had two rebounds, three assists, and two turnovers in 24 minutes. Now, if you read that stat line, it's not exactly going to set the world on fire for a lot of you. Some of you are going to be like, okay, great. Uh, what, what stands out about that? Well, you know what? Nothing really stands out about that. Nothing stands out about it. But to me, what stands out, to, again, to me about Devo Davis is if you would have, I wish you could have watched it if you weren't here, but if you would have watched just how he handles his business and the smoothness that he has and the leadership qualities that he has and the energy and the fire. Like he, there was times where I was looking at him and it looked like he was, you know, playing in March madness just with his intensity and his focus. And you know, that that's the expectation that's been elevated for this team. And Devo is an embodiment of that entire thing. Devo has always been someone who has done been the type of player that you wanted to see out of an Eric Musselman coach team. That's why Mus loves him so much. That's why the teams love him so much. That's why the players love him so much. They see what he's capable of, especially when it comes to March Madness and March Devo, as he's referred to as so often. But I love just how the fact that you know you can count on him. You know you can count on him. You know you can see what he's going to be about. And he's got the respect of his teammates. Uh, they all have a, a certain thing where they're following his lead a little bit. I think it was L. Ellis said in the press conference, kind of a funny thing, because they're still trying to get into the conditioning, which is very intense. And all of them were tired. And L. Ellis said in the press conference, he's like, man, if you're not tired after the way we play in practice, I don't know what to tell you. He says, he's like, but except we were all, everybody was tired except for one guy. And that was Devo. He says, cause coach says that he runs on batteries or something, man. Cause he just wasn't tired. And that's just an embodiment of what Devo Davis is all about. Energy, fire, passion, and leadership. And yet again, it's, he's picking up right where he left off. So we didn't get to see Brazil play. Uh, he's going to be ready, at least according to us, as long as everything keeps going according to plan, he'll be ready to go opening night. No problems there. We'll see about the Khalif battle injury. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, but I'm telling you, this is uh, this is going to be a team that, once again, is competing for something. I don't know if it's going to be an SEC championship. I don't know if it's going to be an SEC tournament championship. I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, how far they go in March or whatever. But uh, essentially, after seeing this game, I can go ahead and full confidence say that this is going to be a team that wins the national championship and goes 40 and 0. I'm just halfway joking, but still, we know it's going to be a great team, a team that is going to be uh, ready to go by March, 
And as long as everybody stays healthy, which hopefully everybody stays healthy and hopefully everybody does that, it's going to be another great year for the Razorback basketball team. We'll give a couple thoughts on Arkansas and Ole Miss here in just a segment. First, folks, got to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Markell Insurance from Fayetteville to El Dorado and everywhere in between. Markell has been helping Arkansas small business communities for over 30 years. Markell is a global specialty insurer with truly a people first approach because to them, insurance is more than just a piece of paper. It's a promise to help people get back on their feet. We spend a third of our lives working, so on the job entries can be expected. You work hard to build your business, so it's important to make sure that you and your employees have the right insurance coverage. So whether you're new to the business or celebrating 25 years, whether you have one employee or a thousand employees, Markell aims to understand your workers' compensation insurance needs. Find a local independent agent to get a free workers' compensation insurance quote today at markellinsurance.com slash locked on. That's M-A-R-K-E-L insurance.com slash locked on. Markell, insuring America's small businesses since 1930. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Uh, folks, I know that we'll be talking with, um, is it Stephen Willis? Is that his name? Man. I feel really bad. The locked on Ole Miss guy. I just lost. I know his last name's Willis. Steve Willis. I think it's his name. We're going to go with that. I'm sure he won't be listening. He probably won't get too mad. But no, we're going to talk to him about it tomorrow. Uh, about Arkansas and Ole Miss doing a little preview of it and everything. But uh, I did want to bring up just this real quick. Uh, as far as this particular game. I was asked on social media about what was my favorite Arkansas Ole Miss game in the series. Because there's so many to choose from. And I started going through it and thinking about, okay, well, the 2001 seven overtime game. What was was a great one. Uh, you think about, of course, in uh, 2014, Arkansas shutting him out 30 to nothing. 2015, the Hunter Henry heave. Uh, even in 2016, that was a great game. Arkansas won. Chad Kelly and, and at home, uh, getting fumbling it out at the very end. You saw that, and then you thought go into another case where, for instance, you had uh, 20. What was it? 20, 20. Yeah, with the six interception game for uh, Matt Corral, 2021. And that was a great game between both teams, even though Arkansas lost. And then 2022 last year was just a beating. But the point is, is like I start going through all those games, and I'm like, it is absurd how many great games have happened between these two teams. Like I couldn't even think, like maybe when it comes to the best games that have happened between common opponents for Arkansas, Ole Miss far and away is the number one matchup. I don't even think it's close in their history. I think LSU is definitely in there too. There's been a lot of great games there. But besides that, you really don't have a whole lot. It's really just Arkansas and Ole Miss. And that's what makes this game so special. And that's what makes it so fun. And I would bet dollars to donuts that that's probably going to be crazy once again this weekend. So uh, hopefully it works out for the Razorbacks this time around. They need to win desperately, as we all know. But Ole Miss is a really good team that can score a lot of points. But we'll do a little bit more previewing of that tomorrow on the podcast. But appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.